Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. Well, Gavin, just call Melania and tell her that if she stays here for a couple of weeks again, she has to pick up all these hats. I don't know what they're doing here or what we're going to do with them. Ass. The following podcast contains... Filthy, foul, vile, vulgar, coarse... Impure taste, unseemly, street talk, gutter talk, locker room language, <laughs> barracks talk, body, naughty, saucy, raunchy, rude, crude, lewd, lascivious, indecent, profane, obscene, blue, off-color, <laughs> risque, suggestive, cursing, cussing, swearing, explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you got all pissy about a bad word but not the bad deed, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host Dave Bledsoe and this is a Friday, June 8th, 2018 Talk Dirty to Me edition of the show where we tell you all the bad words we know. Stay tuned, this is going to take a while. The What the Hell You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Bad Words. When civility just won't do, bad words will. Face it, we live in troubled times, and civil discourse often fails to sum up the shock and dismay we feel when outrageous events transpire. When they do, use bad words. Sometimes you just need to use the word best suited to the situation. Let us help you find those words. Our specialists are military trained in the use of profanity, swear, and off-color metaphor. Our promise to you is no situation is so awful, we can't find the right words or phrases to capture how you truly feel. Try bad words by texting FUCK THIS MOTHERFUCKING SHIT to 70741, and one of our technicians will guide you through the process. Bad words. When big vocabulary just isn't enough, try a bad word. Over the years, I got to be quite a connoisseur of soap. My personal preference is for Lux, but I found palm olive had a nice piquant after-dinner flavor. Heady, but with just a touch of mellow smoothness. Life Boy, on the other hand... <laughs> you ready to tell me? <laughs> All right. Where did you hear that word? Now, I had heard that word at least ten times a day from my old man. My father worked in profanity the way other artists might work in oils or clay. It was his true medium, a master. But I chickened out, and I blurted out the first name that came to mind. Schwartz! Oh, I see. It's funny how a guy who makes a pathetic living shouting profanity-laced tirades into a microphone can't remember his first swear word. I mean, profanity is an integral part of my life. You would think that special moment when I first let my F-bomb slip would be branded into my brain. I mean, I'm sure at some point in my childhood it just came out and I faced that moment every child dreads. What did you just say? And then subsequently spent time on the soap train. But as a rule, I don't think I used much profanity during my formative years because my family was not a swearing family. I mean, shit had to be really bad in my family for someone to say shit. 
This is strange to me as my father served in the military and they issue a lexicon of profane dialect on day one of basic training. I can't imagine him spending a year in Vietnam without engaging in soldierly talk, but I never heard him swear growing up. And as I grew older, of course, he would start to conspiratorially slip a mild profanity into our conversations in the in the time-honored tradition of acknowledging your son's growing maturity by using the mildest of swear words when discussing some topic. But generally, he adhered to the maxim, You don't have to work blue to be funny. And in my 49 years on this planet, I don't, I think maybe I've heard my mother swear a sum total of three times, and the word she universally uses is shit. And then, only in life-or-death situations. I'm not sure she even knows any other swear words. Because we didn't swear growing up, I was forced to use other words to convey my particular brand of humor. This one time I specifically remember being in trouble for language was uh, being caught playing match game with myself. I would ask myself a slightly risque question and then write answers on index cards, apparently in some sort of effort to uh, match myself as we play the star-studded big money match game 75 even then my bad words were not very bad just variations of poop and butt which i suppose were bad enough to my family but i really think the reason i was punished so severely is i was wearing an ascot and pretending to be charles nelson riley Take it, Charles. You've got your shirt on inside. No, out. I don't. Now take it off and put no, it on. No, I right. don't. Yes, all the you, seams are showing. No, good. <laughs> it is a French seam-showing sailor's shirt. So maybe, maybe there was something else going on there. Young people today probably don't realize this, but just a few years ago, geologically speaking, profanity was something we just didn't do. Oh, no. I totally did. Well, yeah, but when you did, you whispered, because we all know a swear word isn't a swear word if you whisper it. I mean, I recall being scandalized when I heard Hawkeye say, God damn it, on MASH in a very dramatic scene. Those were the times. And you know what? I don't even remember a lot of profanity in high school. I, rem I remember drinking and drugs and fucking, but we would never use the word fuck. Is that irony? I think it is. Now, like many aspiring funny people, I learned the art of profanity from stand-up comedians. In the days before warning labels, a young lad could purchase naughty records, or more likely, call through his uncle's record collection, and stumble upon the accumulated wisdom of a philosopher king's. When I finally found the grail, it changed my life forever. Shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. That was my original list. I knew it wasn't complete, but it was a starter set. Carlin opened my mind, people. He explained it. He told me there were no bad words. He said there were bad thoughts, bad feelings, bad emotions, and words. So I stopped worrying so much about the words and started concentrating on the feelings, the thoughts behind the words. Like George, they seem the important thing to me. Which is why, in my long-winded way... I come to the point of being so fucking perplexed when people get really mad when Samantha B used a bad word last week to describe a bad person doing bad things. You know, Ivanka, that's a beautiful photo of you and your child, but let me just say, one mother to another, do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless cunt. He listens 
tight and low cut and tell your father to fucking stop it. Tell him it was an Obama thing and see how it goes. Fuck me, did people get mad. Heads were exploding all over the pundit sphere. And not just among the right-wing dipshits who comprise the shit spew and drivel mongers on Fox News. Even amongst the supposed liberal media elite, the hand-waving and pearl-clutching cranked to 11 picoseconds after the offending phrase tumbled from Sam's lip to the horrified masses. Let's examine some of those reactions, shall we? Press secretary and noted reckless stunt Sarah Huckabee Sanders said, quote, the collective silence by the left and its media allies is appalling. Her disgusting comments and show are not fit for broadcast, and executives at Time Warner or TBS must demonstrate that such explicit profanity about female members of the administration will not be condoned on its network. Oh, fuck yourself! You stand up there every goddamn day and blatantly lie about the spiraling atrocity committed by a fucking criminal administration actively engaged in acts that would make a third world dictator blush, and you have the audacity to complain about words used to describe the enabler of the acts? There are not enough profanities in the world to describe the level of hypocrisy of this particular fucking situation. And, oh, let's not forget the shit-drooling, crusted cumsock currently raw-dogging the nation's unlubed and unwilling asshole-in-chief who plaintively sharded into the tweet machines, Why aren't they firing no-talent Samantha B for horrible language used on her low-rating show? A total double standard. But that's okay. We are winning and will be doing so for a long time to come. Oh, oh, yes, you are winning. You're winning, you flaccid old man cock pressed against the unwilling window of America. You are winning the coveted fabulous fuckstain award for the worst happen thing to happen in America in decades. Do you have to use so many cuss words? Oh, I really think I do. I gotta let this go because my blood pressure is already getting dangerously high. B apologized for her crass remarks in a statement the day following the incident, saying, quote, I would like to sincerely apologize to Ivanka Trunk, but to my viewers, for using an expletive on my show to describe her last night. It was inappropriate and inexcusable. I crossed a line, and I deeply regret it. And B's network, TBS, followed up with a statement saying, Samantha B is taking the right action and apologizing for the vile and inappropriate language she used about Ivanka Trump last night. Those words should not have been aired. It was our mistake, too, and we regret it. And then last night, well, the night I, I wrote this script, she addressed the scandal in the cold open of her show. Hi, I'm Samantha B. You know, a lot of people were offended and angry that I used an epithet to describe the president's daughter and advisor last week. It is a word I have used on the show many times, hoping to reclaim it. This time, I used it as an insult. I crossed the line, I regret it, and I do apologize for that. The problem is that many women have heard that word at the worst moments of their lives. A lot of them don't want that word reclaimed. They want it gone, and I don't blame them. I don't want to inflict more pain on them. I want this show to be challenging, and I want it to be honest, but I never intended it to hurt anyone except Ted Cruz. <laughs> Many men were also offended by my use of the word. I do not care about that. <laughs> now, this seems to me to be a sincere, direct, and contrite apology. I don't know what else one can expect from apology, particularly from an apology you didn't need to give in the first place. Still, I get it. Sam apologized to the people who were offended by the word cunt. And face it, that word is one of the big ones here in the States. It's the one you whip out when you really want to hurt her. Oh, man, I understand. We've all been there. You're losing the fight. 
You know you're losing the fight. You're actually the one who fucked up in the first place. You're backed into a rhetorical corner with no way out, so you open your bomb bay doors and deploy your nuclear weapons. Why do you always have to be such a cunt? There are other words out there we use that carry us with such metaphorical weight. The C word is up there with the N word and the F word and the unholy trinity of mega words that one simply does not use. Except, you know, for when you can. I mean, our brothers and sisters across the pond just love the C word. From the Guardian, quote, in American English, the word is still terribly taboo. Our U.S. cousins wouldn't dream of using it unless they wanted to offend someone in the worst possible way. And it is far more incendiary than ubiquitous mofo. But here in the U.K., there's something inherently humorous and naughty about it. Depending on the context and the way it is uttered, it has the potential to diffuse tense situations. Comedian Mickey Flanagan does a funny skit where he talks about couples reaching a level of intimacy where they can cunt each other off with impunity in the ultimate hashtag relationship goals of domestic ease. Do you think I found that clip by Mickey Flanagan? You would be right. It's not got as much power in the UK. More of a term of endearment. It's an indicator. A signifier. It lets you know where you are in a relationship. You know things are going to work out once the casual cunting starts. It is the literal opposite of how we use it here in the States. I understand the difference, but the word, it's just a word. It's only the meaning behind the word that matters. So how did the person it was targeted at take the meaning of this word? Well, according to People Magazine, a quote, Ivanka Trump is more angry than hurt over Samantha B's C-word comment. But the first daughter is doing her best to turn out, tune out the negativity. A source familiar with the situation tells people, Oh, Ivanka, hold on just a second. Let me look for the world's smallest violin in here. And no, I don't see it here anyway. So let me play you this mournful tune. I hope it hurts your fucking feelings, you soulless parasite. You, Ivanka, are the worst kind of human being on the planet. The one who wants to pretend to be a decent, caring person, all the while grifting your shit brands made in sweatshops. You want, to the social acceptance of your feckless peers in Manhattan society, the idle rich, who at least have the good grace to keep their fucking heartless nonchalance off the pages of the Wall Street Journal and inside the gossip rags. You pretend to care about women's issues, civil rights, and common human decency, yet you blithely support your teeny finger Mussolini father, you are a fucking fraud, a faithless huckster bilking your position and power for your own enrichment, and frankly calling you a cunt is a kindness because as Sally Field said, cunts are powerful, beautiful, nurturing and honest. And you you feckless con artists are none of those things. Naturally a lot of people tried to somehow connect Samantha B's joke to Roseanne's racist tweet from a few days earlier. Well, of course she did. Of course they did. And that's some bullshit right there, because to understand this, you need to look at the context, the motivation, the emotion that lies inside each statement. Roseanne, you see, was demeaning a human being based on their race, not their behavior. 
And I watched two plus years of Trump evangelicals call Hillary Clinton a cunt. They wore it on their fucking shirts. They were not taking the word back. They hated Hillary Clinton. The emotion behind the word was filled with their animus. They used the C word not in the friendly Anglo way. They meant, here's a woman I want to demean and degrade because she's a woman. And a bunch of the fucking people that did it were women. Sorry. Sorry, my blood pressure again. So let's not pretend the word is the problem here. The problem is the people using the word. The word isn't bad because it means a woman's genitals. It's bad because bad people are using it for bad purpose. Take the bad purpose out of the word and you just have a word like Eve Ensler did in the vagina monologues. Cunt. I've reclaimed it. <laughs> Cunt. I really like it. The word has only the power we give it. It can be a powerful statement for or against a woman. I mean, the black community takes a racial epithet and gives it new purpose, a new sense of community, and it makes it about shared experience, making it a modern shibboleth. They keep those who mean harm at bay because they are not allowed to say it. That's what makes white people so fucking mad about it. Through it all, the words have only the power we give them. So can we please stop pretending to be offended by the words and then give the power to the thoughts and the actions behind them? As Josephine Livingston said in the New Republic, quote, the Trump era is one of indelicacy, profanity, and real, not imagined misogyny, and its flax deserve a language that matches up. A joke is nothing compared to policy. After all, it's not the word pussy that is so enraging about Trump's Access Hollywood tape. It's the action that he's gloating about, the actual violence done to women and the pride with which he relays it. The word itself is innocent, unquote. Many of the arguments I and others made in Sam B's defense are the same ones made by those on the right who feel their privilege of being real pieces of shit in public are being unfairly infringed. Gotcha. And a lot of people on the left feel that we should police language to avoid hurting people's feelings, but from things said in any context, including classes, media, and on the comic stages, they too are a... Gotcha. Because not all bad words are bad words. Can we use our big old brains to examine the context of what is being said, who is saying it, and why it's being said? I mean, for example, earlier, when I called the President of the United States a, uh, let me see, what exactly did I say? A shit-drooling, crusted cum sock, currently raw dog in the nation's unlubed and unwilling asshole, I did not mean to demean those who masturbate into gym socks. Who among us males is not tossed off into a dirty sock at one point in time in our lives? Nor am I besperching those who voluntarily engage in unprotected and unlubricated anal intercourse with a willing partner. You are truly doing the Lord's work, you low-paying threshold magnificent bastards. I say it because I know that it offends the sort of, sort of people who think the shit-drooling grifter-in-chief is a good and decent person. Because, And I say it because, and I want to be very clear about this, fuck you. You 
suck. I use salty language because there are times in life when the only possible expression one can use to sum up how you feel without going mad is by... Involuntarily shouting profanity. It's exceptionally rare. Shut it, son of a bitch! Good grief, just waking up in the morning and reading the news ought to inspire a long and protracted fit of the filthiest language ten years in the military can train me to speak. I mean, just since this Sam Beaker fuffle happened, the President of the United States has literally said he's above the law and he's constitutionally entitled, nay, compelled to do anything he desires because he's the head of the executive branch and is ipso facto untouchable. If you cannot read that... And not shout. What the fuck is this bullshit? It's bullshit. Then you are either heavily sedated or legally brain dead. And yet 40% of the country and 52% of the United States Congress reads that and says, well, I don't know. That's, uh, that's what he, uh, that's what the president meant by that is probably, it's a fucking insane. He literally said, he literally said, Rudy fucking Giuliani just went on TV and said he could murder someone and get away with fuck. <laughs> I mean, the entire reason. Sam B. called Ivanka a feckless cunt as she was posting this lovely image of her holding presumably her child. I don't know if it was her child. For all I know, it was a genetically enhanced Aryan super soldier about to be placed in a growth accelerator to form the backbone of Trump's Waffen SS. I don't know anymore. Well, at the same time, children are being torn from their arms of their parents because the parents arrived at the border of this country, asked for asylum, which is exactly what they're fucking supposed to do. They aren't even breaking any laws. They're taking their fucking children away, which the motherfucking John Kelly was trying to come sit in their time. Fucking, fucking Jesus, fucking cock, fucking motherfucker. Uh, 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 blood pressure, blood pressure, blood pressure. If I can read all of that and just say, darn, 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 I would go insane. Dr. Timothy J., the emeritus professor of Massachusetts College of Liberal Arts, said in the New York Times article, the case for cursing, quote, we believe that when people use profanity, they are indicating their emotional state to us. And it's not something that people always do, Dr. Bergen said. Lots of people hide their emotions for lots of reasons. And I think that we infer from someone swearing that they must not be doing that. They must be truthfully conveying their emotional stance. If you want people to think you're telling the truth, then swearing might help with that. Let me assure you that when I lapse into incoherent profanity, which I often do, you are seeing me at my most honest, my most pure. You're seeing the essential me. So when I use my words to call, say, the president a syphilitic fascist prick pustule on the diseased cock of a necrophilic zoophiliac sliding into the shit-crusted asshole of a dead goat, it isn't because I lack a small vocabulary. I mean, look at that sentence. I went to an Ivy League school. I'm very highly educated. I know words. I have the best words. It's because when I live in a country like this one with someone like that in the Oval Office who's dropping his trousers straddling the Constitution, <laughs> spreading his chasmal orange asshole, and jutting out a Brondabenegian turd upon its pages, one simply cannot say, What the heck? You're gonna want to use something just a little bit stronger. And if that offends you, all I can say is stop. Because you are, and I mean this in the most English way possible, a supercilious cunt. That is it for our show this week. Honestly, I believe I've broken some sort of personal record for number of profanities used in one episode. And I know that all of you right now... And
and I can't deny the fact that you like me right now. You like me. Honestly, there should be some sort of award, like the most gratuitous word of the word Belgium in a serious screenplay, but for podcast. But clearly, there isn't because this galaxy is all juju flu. If you want to blow through all the sweat, you can rate and review this show wherever you get your podcast because that lets hoopy fruits out there know you really know where your towel is and that this can help them find their towels if they foolishly lost it. This show is a Patreon, patreon.com slash whatthehellpodcast, where there's sporadically new content to go with the highly sporadic new donations. Honestly, what a bunch of turling domes you people are. You can sass even more of my potty mouth by following the show on the Twitter machines at the hell underscore podcast or the show name on Facebook. All of my profanity-laced tirades are on SoundCloud at the show name and at www.whatthehellpodcast.com. So for me, total dick Dave Bledsoe, producer Shitbird Gavin, and all the fictional fuckwits on this show, we want to say we've never thought he was any good. He never acts the way he should, and we don't like it. And we swear, why are we swearing all the goddamn time? And why, why did I pick this dumbass song? It's an awful song, and I'm really sorry, but it did fit with the theme. We'll see you all next week. Kings. Podcasts.